Welcome to a brand new episode of the Bold Take Podcast. I'm Austin Hill. With me as always, Austin Waiter. And this is our college football episode this week. Um, But before we get into it, uh, make sure yesterday NFL episode comes out. We talk about all the craziness from last week in the NFL, as well as start to kind of look ahead to the playoffs and some future matchups and really kind of see where everybody's shaking out, especially those Rams. They're looking a little bit shaky right now. Yes, injury problems all over the place. I mean... Whew. Yes, yep. yikes. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. But you want to give that a listen, hear all our thoughts on uh, everybody and where they stand right now. But let's get into college football and let's talk about a couple games from this past week. And really, uh, maybe the biggest, most important game uh, for the college football playoff was Bama Ole Miss. Um, and Bama gets a huge win over Ole Miss, which unfortunately means they are going to stay very much within college football playoff contention. Yeah, they are. At the same time, I could see some things happening where they do officially get eliminated. But I mean, they're in the top. They're in that top eight range. It's it's hard to rule them out because yeah. it worries me. They're going to figure out some sort of way. And of course, there's still two weeks to play. A lot of things can happen in these final two weeks before, and then nonetheless, conference championship games. So yeah, yeah so you never really know. But yeah. <laughs> it's an absolute mess right now. Absolutely frightening to see. Um, but honestly, I want to get your thoughts on the final drive for Ole Miss where they were practically on the goal line almost, uh, had a chance to score a touchdown to beat Bama, and Jackson Dart scrambles twice um, and gets nowhere in a situation where you've got to be thrown to the end zone. Uh, I, I really just want to get your thoughts on that last drive. And it, uh, clearly, that wasn't uh, by Lane Kiffin's reaction on the sideline, wasn't his play call. Yeah. Um, so, your thoughts? Uh, really, I think the main thing, just so you know, overall, like you said, he just looked like he was scared yeah. right there in that moment. And, you know, again, we talk about sometimes some QBs are there in the big moments. We've seen that with Bryce Young multiple times for Bama. And that was the first true big moment for Dart this year for uh, Ole Miss. Hadn't really been a key factor, but he had been a good player for them at QB. Yes. This is his moment to make a big play to get Ole Miss a win, keep them in contention in the SEC West. And like I said, he just panicked against Alabama, who, like I said, hasn't had the greatest pass rush so far in these last couple of weeks. So I really don't understand it. And when and now, also some of the throws he made, like first and 10 from the Alabama 14, yeah, throw a lob into the end zone there. That's not a situation with a minute 14 left where you need to go end zone right there. Yeah. Wait, now take the shorter routes. Gain a couple yards every now and then. Don't think end zone here. I know it's right there, but you got to play that smarter. Yeah, it was just felt like bad game management from Jackson Darden. Obviously, inexperienced. This is his first real big job uh, in college football, and it was a big game. And obviously, T- chances to grow for Ole Miss is obviously it looks like they're going to be a contender for a few years to come, um, especially in the SEC. Except for, I don't know if you've heard the rumors about Lane Kiffin lately. There are rumors that as soon as the regular season ends, he's off to Auburn. Wow. Like they're, I'm, they're not confirmed or anything, but there are a lot of rumors going around that Lane could be making the jump to Auburn, which... Well, that could definitely mean a, a different uh, move exactly. for Ole Miss. So, and th- my main reasoning for that, number one, is whenever it gets brought up by the media, you know, sometimes he plays with the media goofs. He never goofs when it comes to that. He kind of, like, ignores the question, which makes it look a little, uh, as the kids say, sus. Yeah. So, so, yeah. But, again, nonetheless, just couldn't clutch it out at the end there against Bama. And, again, that's another thing with Lane Kiffin. He just... He wants to beat Saban so bad. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and with the big thing in this one, I think not only does Bama stay in that college football playoff range, but Ole Miss is out. Yep. Um, LSU, I mean, uh, officially clinched the SEC West. Who could have saw that coming? That's uh, our season. You had yeah. told me LSU after week one was going to win the SEC West. I would have laughed in your I, face. Yeah, would have laughed in your face hysterically. But here they are. And uh, I'm, they control their own destiny pretty much. They went out. They play Georgia. They win that. They're they're the first two lost team to make the college football playoff. And I would be absolutely disgusted with the committee if they weren't in, if they went out and beat Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that That's just got to be uh, a given. Um, you you got to have the SEC champion in the playoff. Exactly. Um, but then let's look ahead to uh, Washington upsetting Oregon, absolutely throwing the Pac-12 into uh, disarray. And then Arizona upsetting UCLA, same night, next Pac-12 game. Um, really, I think, to me, this may have eliminated the Pac-12 from the college football playoff as a conference. To me, I mean, their only hope is left. USC. Their only hope left is USC, and I will say – there is a path for USC to the playoff. They have number one. They have two really good teams left on their schedule, UCLA and Notre Dame. They win those two, and they play Oregon or Utah or Washington, whoever they're going to face in the Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, they face them, and some things fall their way in the, the top six. You never know with the way that goes. But no, the Oregon one, I just have to talk about Dan Lanning and the, the bizarre decision he made at the end of that game. To go for it on his own 34, yeah. less than two minutes left. Backup QB checks in for the first possession. Why go for it there? Why not make Washington go the length of the field again? Field goal range. And number two, Bo Nix is literally standing next to the coach, jumping up and down, saying, Put me in the game. I am good to go. And you have timeouts. If you're going to go for it, make sure your number one QB's in there. That's my. That's just my opinion on yeah, that. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I was actually shocked to see them go for it there just because I know you want to go down the field, you want to exactly. score, and you want to win the game. But punt that ball away uh, and really just stop Washington. Their defense had been good all night. They've been good all season. Give your team a chance because this is an NFL overtime. you got to think you've got to ch- – you get a chance in overtime. Um, and so, you know – this they, I mean, that lost them the game. That fourth down exactly. lost them the game. Washington's right in field goal range. They wasted a lot of clock, and then Oregon, all they had to do was get to mid, had a chance to do was get to midfield and do a hail mary. But yeah, they screwed that up. But Arizona, wow, that one Big I win. didn't, that one I did not see coming. The Washington one, I kind of thought had a chance. I did not think whenever I turned that game on was I going to be like, oh, Arizona's got this. But I got to give credit to their QB, Jaden Delora. Wow. Big, big-time performance by him. Former Washington State QB, if you remember. Wow. So, 315 yards passing, two touchdowns, 22 of 28. Great job by him. And their offense overall, and, you know, this is heartbreaking for UCLA, even though the committee hadn't shown them much love up to this point. They had their chance. They had their chance, and now now it's done. Now the only thing they can do is finish strong against USC and the rest of their schedule. Yeah, absolutely. This uh, this really did hurt them, and again, hurt the Pac-12. I re- like I said, uh, really think the USC stands the only chance yeah. out of there. And to I mean, get in. they can't just win out; they have to have things go their way too. Yeah, that, you're gonna see, have to have maybe a TCU loss. You know, you LSU gotta, to lose, obviously, yes. so that way they fall back, you move up. So um, yeah, yeah, you got you got a lot to work with. So it, it it's gonna take a bit for the Pac-12. Um, but then. Let's talk about some conference championships games. Yes. These are going to be uh, 
arguably the most important games in deciding our college football playoff. And let's start with the first two that are actually set. Georgia versus LSU. Going to take place in Atlanta. Uh, and this is going to be an absolute thriller. And for sure, this is going to have major call of playoff implications. As long as Georgia wins these last two games of the season, they're in the college football playoff. I think exactly. we can all say that with certainty. Exactly. Um, and when we look at LSU, they've got to win out. They win this game. Georgia LSU are two locks for the college football playoff. Exactly. And that's something not a lot of people may not want to see with two SEC teams like that happened last year. Well, you know, is that is the is that the SEC's fault for that scenario happening? Yeah, no. no, it's not. Everyone else, Oregon was ahead of LSU. They had, they their, had their chance. They went out, they're probably in potentially with some losses. Now LSU's right there in the driver's seat, and they have a chance to win, I think. But I think the key thing, number one, with uh LSU and Georgia in this game, just how well does Jane Daniels perform with the pressure Georgia's defense brings? That's what it comes down to. Yeah. I think LSU's defense can make stops against Georgia's offense. It's going to come down to how well the LSU offense performs to see how well they keep in that game. For sure. I, I completely agree with that. Um, but then we look ahead to this Clemson-UNC matchup, uh, and it's it's officially on as well. This is going to be a great game, I think. Um, and like I said, I think only one of these teams – has a chance at the college football playoff, and that's North Carolina. I think when you look at these teams, they both have one loss to the same team, but the big difference is UNC's loss to Notre Dame came very early in the season when they were still figuring themselves out. Clemson's came at a time where they should have absolutely uh, just destroyed Notre Dame. Yeah. Let's, let's be plain and simple. They were the number four, five team, four, I believe. I believe so. In the country, yeah. and they were facing an unranked Notre Dame team. They absolutely should have come out there and won the game. This is coming from a Notre Dame fan. It should have been their game, and instead they could not stop the run, and especially when you look at it, a matchup with a potential team like Michigan who runs the ball super well. The committee's not going to want to see a Clemson-Michigan matchup. Um, so I think UNC's got the best chance, win out, win the ACC championship. Obviously, this is another situation where you're going to need a couple things to go your way. I think they're going to need a lot. I mean, no, I, I think UNC deserves a shot, but the way the rankings fell their way this yeah. week, it's like I'm talking every, almost everything has to work out. There's no, well, if this doesn't work out, then they still have a chance. Yeah. No, everything, everything has, has to, to work. Right. Everything has to go right. And I do believe they have, like I think a one percent shot at it, but they're they're still a shot. They're still a shot. Absolutely, and it, it's going to start by winning all your games. Um, but this this game is going to be really. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to see how Drake May. You know, a lot of people have talked about how well he's done, but how they haven't really faced a good defense. They're going to face a really good Clemson defense, and I'm interested to see how well he does because, and I'm sure NFL scouts are too because. I mean, you think of the season Drake Mays had as a freshman, 34 touchdowns, three interceptions, 3,000 yards passing. It's a really good year. How well he does against that Clemson defense is going to be really interesting. Yeah, it, it definitely will tell the story. Um, and so now we look at the Big 12, and TCU is set for the Big 12 championship, but their opponent still hangs in the balance. And when you look at this, You've got Oklahoma State and Kansas State are really the two teams that I think have the best chance. Kansas State, obviously, with the two losses in conference, they are the team to really look at in the Big 12. Um, you know, 5-2. and two, They're currently in second place, but you look at Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Texas, they are all tied at 4-3. and three. So Kansas State drops these last two games in conference, and all of a sudden one of these teams could leapfrog them potentially and take that second place. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's interesting. Number one, this weekend with Baylor, they're four and three. They're hosting TCU. You know, this kind of feels trap game written all over it for yeah. TCU, kind of like last week with Texas. And but yeah, Baylor wins that. And let's see, you know, Kansas State, they still have to face West Virginia, who's shown they have a pretty high powered offense. Uh, and then you got Kansas, who has shown they're no slouch this yeah. year either. So those are not guaranteed wins for Kansas State down the road here. And Oklahoma State, I would say, I think has the best chance, like you said, winning out. They have Oklahoma this weekend, and then West Virginia end the year. They they have a shot with that, especially with the way Kansas State end the year. But it's going to be an interesting race uh, to the finish here. Yeah, absolutely. But as far as college football playoff, TCU's got to win – out they like we've said before they've got to win out and they've got to win this conference championships to get in and probably if anybody else wins the big 12 championship probably not going to the conference oh yeah playoff. no no shot. i mean almost no chance pretty much no chance and you know these like i said these final two games at baylor and then iowa state those are games they are should win handedly but matt campbell at iowa state very good coach you're going Absolutely. to waco which is always a tough place to play so they're not going to be easy. We're going to, they're going to get tested in these final two weeks to determine it. And again, if they they lose this, moves everyone else up and brings them back. I mean, I mean, we both agree. TCU can't afford to lose a single game. Yeah, which it, it bothers me. They shouldn't have to worry about that, in my opinion. Yeah, they, but the way but, it worked out, that's what they got to do. Yeah, they've got. I think they've gotten a little bit unfair treatment um, from this uh, college football playoff committee this year. Um, who has been uh, relatively disappointing when we talk about a lot of conferences overall uh, and a lot of teams overall with just kind of some of the decisions they've made over the course of the season. But, yeah, TCU's, their backs are against the wall. Uh, You know, you're sitting in number four spot, you're sitting undefeated, but no guarantees. Um, You're going to have to win every game, and you're going to have to win every game pretty uh, handedly. Not necessarily a blowout, but you've got to show – it can't necessarily be in doubt. Exactly. Um, then the big 10, I mean, this is, uh, really got a great finish written all over it. Obviously Michigan, Ohio state win this week. They are tied at seven and zero or eight and zero in conference heading into that matchup with each other in the final week of the regular season that will once again determine who goes to the Big Ten Championship between I'm, the two. This is, this is what I love. You know, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Ohio state or Michigan, but I love this rivalry because yeah. it's always at the end of the year, and it's always both teams in these last couple of years are always at least top 10, top 15 range. Last year we saw a top five matchup. This year, if everything works out for them, and you never know what could happen with Georgia in these final two weeks where they potentially move up and it's a potential 1-2 matchup. Yeah. You don't know what could happen there, but it's fun. It's going to be in Columbus this year, which I think is going to have an interesting factor compared to the big house last year. But now it comes down to them too, but the big 10 West. Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, absolutely going to be crazy. You've got Illinois, Iowa, Purdue, and Minnesota all tied at four and three. I believe all the tiebreakers right now still have Illinois at the top of the West, but they're on a two game losing streak right now. And they cannot afford to lose any more games because not just Iowa and Minnesota up there in competition, but Purdue looks so good right now. And Purdue's the team that beat Illinois last week. Exactly. And, you know, for Illinois, it's it's unfortunate. They got to go to the big house this weekend. That's a tough place to play. And, you know, you're saying, hey, by the way, you can't lose another game. And, I mean, also, we talk about with Purdue, like you said, really good 
as of late, uh, uh, you know, except for Wisconsin and Iowa, kind of had those not go the way, but they got Illinois. They had Northwestern Indiana to end the year. That's really good two games to end the year. And we've said it millions of times, unranked Purdue against top two opponents yeah. is literally one of the most dangerous things in college football. Illinois loses to Michigan. Purdue wins out. We're setting that up with the winner of Ohio State, Michigan. So, yeah, I mean, you, you, which could make it a quite an interesting, but yet maybe not also interesting Big Ten championship. Yeah, um, and really, when I look at the Big Ten, I think that really out of these teams, you know, barring uh, absolute mayhem in college football, I think that Michigan and Ohio State are the only two teams that right now stand a chance to make it. And the winner of that matchup at the end of the regular season is probably going to be the Big Ten team that makes it, and the uh, the loser will probably be the Big Ten team probably sitting at five or six. Pro- either there or sitting there on selection day, just like sitting there, want, like everyone's comparing their resume to Tennessee or LSU yeah. or Alabama. or Yeah, exactly. So that's that's where they're sitting. And I mean, that's what I love about this matchup. It's And Tennessee, all they got to do, uh, we as we kind of uh, talked about at SEC earlier, Tennessee's just got to sit back and watch yeah. Ohio State, Michigan, because they're ranked fifth. They're like, all right, who who are we replacing this week? Absolutely. Um, really, when you look at this, I would like to hear your uh, thoughts on an interesting uh, hypothetical that you brought to my mind. Okay. So let's say Michigan wins this week, Ohio State wins this week, Purdue wins out. And they go to the college for, and they go to the Big Ten championship, and we see Michigan, Ohio State, and I don't care who wins, whoever you want to win. So we think probably the losers probably out of the college football playoff, barring mayhem. Um, but here's an interesting prospect: Purdue wins the Big Ten championship. Is the Big Ten should have been Big Ten champion, now Big Ten runner-up, do they have a chance at the college football playoff, or do you like the team that loses in the regular season as the team that replaces them, or do you have no Big Ten teams in there? I could see a reality, like we said with Purdue, you never know where no teams make it, because you you think about it, let's say, you know, it's, uh, let's say hypothetically it's in Ohio State. Let's say Ohio State beats Michigan, and they're ranked two and three. Michigan obviously would fall out most likely. Yeah. Let's say Ohio State loses to Purdue. Depending on the way they look at resumes, that's going to be a key thing to me. Absolutely. How they look at Ohio State's resume and they compare it. I could very much see either, like I said, maybe Ohio State, if they lose, sneak in there at number four. I think it also depends on how the game goes. If Purdue blows them out like we've seen them do to Ohio State, yeah. no shot. Absolutely no. no shot. But if it's like a last-second loss, I could see them potentially sneaking in at four. But besides that, no, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't really see them, which would make a very interesting situation for Tennessee and TCU. Say TCU loses one of these – loses this weekend to Baylor, but they win their game and win the Big 12 championship. Maybe they enter back in the conversation. Yeah, door opens back up for them. Um, but really, if you're the committee and say this crazy hypothetical happens for the Big Ten, would you put a Big Ten team in there? No, absolutely. I don't. I would not. I would not do it because Ohio State and Michigan, we talked about, they really their best team they played this year for each of them, Penn State. They beat them, but besides that, yeah. what do you got besides beating Michigan, Ohio State, and then – or being the Ohio State and Michigan's aspect, and then you know losing to Purdue. So 
I would be very surprised to see a Big Ten team get in if that hypothetical did work out, in my opinion. Okay, okay. I, I'm I'm in the same thought as you. I think it would create an interesting college football playoff for that to happen. Now let's talk about the American Athletic Conference. And uh, while this doesn't really have a lot of college football playoff implications, it does have some big bowl game implications, and it does have uh, their championship implications. As they have their top three teams, three teams we've talked about a lot this year, all tied at 5-1, and one, and only two get in. Exactly. And, you know, honestly, a big thing as well, all three of these top three teams, Tulane, uh, Cincinnati, and UCF, are all ranked. And remember the rule, the highest group of five ranked team goes to one of the big uh, New Year's Six bowl games. So not only is it that, there's a potential uh, New Year's Day bowl game on the line for them as well, along with a conference championship. Yes, absolutely. So you're you're thinking, you know, you got to make the, the conference championship to have a chance at exactly. the New Year's Six bowl, but then you got to win it. Somebody's on the outside looking in. We've got UCF, Cincinnati, and Tulane. I want to know, who do you think is making this conference championship? Uh, I think it's going to be UCF and uh, Cincinnati, unfortunately. Tulane's got to play at Cincinnati at the end of the year. That's a, tough, that's a tough thing to do. I think they have a chance to get it done. But also, they have to play SMU this thir- uh, the, the day of this episode coming out. So that's going to be a little bit of a tricky one yes. to maneuver as well so i i think that cincinnati can win that of course they have temple this weekend then Tulane. obviously that's going to be the one that decides it because ucf i'm pretty confident they have navy and south florida to end the year very much should win those games so to me it comes down to Tulane, cincinnati and that head-to-head matchup and i just give a slight edge to luke fickle and his squad but I'm not going to lie to you, I will be rooting for the Green Waves. Oh, I will be too. But I'm with you. UCF, Cincinnati, two teams that have really dominated this conference over the last couple of years. Um, but I will be rooting for Tulane, and I would love to see them get into a New Year's Six Bowl this yes, year. Yes, please. And now let's talk about our last conference, kind of in disarray, as we've said, and it's the Pac-12. This is really, to me, a five-team race, although it would take a miracle for uh, a couple of the, the bottom two in UCLA and Washington, both the two conference losses. Um, but really, when you look at this, USC probably in at 7-1. and one. It's going to take a lot to get them out. Not impossible, but will, would take them dropping this last game to UCLA um, and then some other miracles along the way to get them out of there. Um, but really... Competing for second place, Oregon at six and one, Utah at six and one, UCLA five and two, and Washington at five and two. Um, and really, USC only team college football playoff eligible if everything goes as according to plan. Um, but what exactly do you see out of the Pac-12, and what's been relatively a surprising year from this conference? Yeah, uh, first of all, six ranked teams in the Pac-12. Yes. Half the conference, that's phenomenal, number one. Especially with Oregon State sneaking in there. Washington State, six and four. We saw Arizona State did. They, they may be four and six, but we know they're a solid football team. Uh, but this weekend's the one that's going to determine it. Two top 25 matchups between Pac-12 teams. That's pretty much going to determine it. Uh, I won't say them for the sake of obviously with our game picks. Yes. That's going to be the ones we discuss. But Washington, I think, is the one to keep an eye on here. They're five and two. They just got to sit back and beat Colorado and Washington State in these final two games, and then you never know what could happen. Like I said, these final weeks are going to be very interesting for that top part, and Washington just sit back and win those final two games, and they might be able to sneak in uh, to that Pac-12 championship. Um, Definitely could help them out. Um, But this will be an interesting conference to keep their eye on because it could create a lot of waves 
for the college football playoff, just clearing up spots for other teams to slide exactly. up and steal their own position. Um, but while we're talking about the college football playoff, let's do a quick little peek at our college football playoff rankings and really kind of just quickly go over exactly yeah. how these teams are looking. Um, obviously, our top four, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU, not a change from last no. week. Um, these teams have done enough to stay here. They're the four big undefeated teams. They got to be at the top. Exactly. Then we've got Tennessee and LSU rounding out those top six. Uh, USC, Alabama, Clemson, and Utah rounding out the top ten. Anything you'd like to see changed here? Uh, well, I wouldn't say really much I'd change here except for, you know, like I said last week with Clemson, maybe dropping back more after Absolutely. that. Absolutely. But, but they did look good against a hot Louisville team, so I'll give them that. But a thing that I'm interested in that I also didn't bring up, it's with the Tennessee-LSU dilemma. Let's say, you know, everything, they both went out and LSU beat Georgia. Do you? I wonder if they put Tennessee in before LSU in that situation. Yeah. Because, I mean, you think about it, resume-wise – while LSU has got some really good wins, Tennessee has the better resume. Yeah, and they're they're the team that more people, I think, might tune in to watch in a college football playoff. Exactly. So that's an interesting one to me. If LSU wins out, would that mean that Tennessee and LSU both get in, or would that mean just they would put Tennessee in and LSU would just sneak out? That's an interesting thing I just thought yeah. of right there. But the rest of the top 10, it's interesting. Utah sneaking back in. You know, they're 10 right now. You wonder if they, they, don't, might lose, have if they don't lose to Florida – they maybe still are in the conversation, yeah. probably. Uh, absolutely. And uh, to point back to that interesting hypothetical about Tennessee and LSU, another situation that could happen, you see LSU drop that game to L- – uh, or Georgia drop that game to LSU. Uh, we Depending on maybe how bad that loss is, do you think you might see Georgia fall completely no, out of the college no, football No, not at all. I'm, I'm confident. I'm confident if they win their two final regular season games – they're going to be in no matter I'm, I'm no matter you. what. I'm I, with you. I think that's what should happen. But I would be interested and would not mind chaos to see him just slide in at number five. That would create some fun chaos. But yeah. if they win these final two games, they go undefeated. I mean, we saw in the national in the SEC championship last year with Bama, they were number one. Bama destroyed them. Georgia still got into the playoff. So yeah, absolutely. So it it will be interesting to see. But, yes, I think uh, they probably make it. I, I would be hard-pressed to find like Georgia I said, missing I would love it, though, for chaos-wise if they didn't make it. It would make uh, for the craziest, uh, most election day ever. Like, yeah, election would... <laughs> day ever. But I don't think it would be yeah. right. Um, then we look at Penn State at 11, Oregon at 12, UNC at 13, Ole Miss at 14, and Kansas State at 15. And, Obviously, my biggest gripe is that UNC is below Penn State and Oregon. Yeah, um, both two lost teams. Even though those two losses are two uh, pretty talented teams, UNC's one loss is also to a, a ranked team now in these college football playoffs, and they're playing out of their minds. I think this team has got to be top ten. It. I think they should be where Clemson is. Personally, that's yeah. where I think they should be. That was that was my big thing uh, going into these rings. There wasn't much I was interested in, but I was interested to see, you know, North Carolina had to move up a decent bit if they want to have a shot at the playoff. Only moved up two slots, even though they went on the road and beat a really good Wake Forest team. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's, there's not much else they can do besides win out and uh, just – let the chips fall where they lay. I mean, yeah. there's not much else they can do. Put it all on the line. Um, then we look at this top 20, rounded out. UCLA at 16, Washington at 17, Notre Dame at 18, 
Florida State at 19, and UCF at 20. Uh, and the big thing for me here is seeing Washington below UCLA. Um, now, I know Washington did actually come up eight spots and UCLA dropped four, but I don't know. I, I think Washington, though they have the loss to UCLA, I know. I think after watching the games last week, I think Washington looked like the much better team. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think that's the only, only reason UCLA is ahead yeah. is the head-to-head matchup. That is the only reason I can think of. Besides that, I'm right there with you. Right now, I think Washington is the overall better team, but head-to-head-wise, they gave the nod to UCLA. Yep, and I can understand it. At 21, we've got Tulane, 22, Oklahoma State, 23, Oregon State reappearing in these college football playoffs. Uh, and then 24, NC State, and 25, Cincinnati. Uh, anything to say about those last five? Uh, I wouldn't say there's too much to say about them. You know, at this point, it's just kind of interesting to see, you know, who gets in at the very bottom of the top 25. But, uh, I mean, I got to give credit to Oregon State's head coach, uh, Jonathan Smith. I got to give him a ton of credit. Oregon State in recent years had just been nothing in football. I mean, I think yeah. their biggest sports accomplishment was winning the Pac-12 with a losing record and making a run to the Elite Eight in March Madness. Yeah. But give him credit. He has come in here and built the program back up slowly but surely since he got in 2018. So he's doing a really good job, I think, there. that That's my biggest takeaway. I'm surprised NC State is still ranked after what happened to Boston College, too. Yeah, I'm absolutely surprised with it as well. Um, honestly, I would have liked to see maybe NC State fall out of the rankings as well, especially with Texas falling out at, from 18, and they played against TCU, a team that's in the college football playoff. They talk about Illinois. Obviously, I think they should have fallen out, and Kentucky should have fallen out with a oh, abysmal loss. No, shout out Vandy. Hey, shout hey, out Vandy. First props, win in 26 tries in SEC competition. P- props to Vandy, but if you're Kentucky, that's the game on the schedule you're thinking, we're winning now. Yeah, uh, but also give credit to Clark Lee. He said at the beginning of the season, this is a huge year for Vandy. You can look at it and say, Austin, why are you saying it's a huge year for Vandy? They are, what, four and six. You don't understand Van- if you don't understand Vanderbilt football. Four and six this year it's- with the win in SEC play on the road against a top twenty-five opponent. That's their college football playoff. That is their college football playoff. And Clark Lee said that he believes at some point they can be the best team in the country. They are. I'm not saying they ever will, but they are moving in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Winning a game in the SEC is a great first step. And for unfortunately, I would say they have a chance to maybe have get to a bowl game, but they got to play Florida and Tennessee. Although I would love to see them upset Tennessee. I, I like I like the way Tennessee's going, but it would create some incredible chaos, and you'd have to put some respect on their name. Yeah. <laughs> um. But now let's get into the bet of the week, and I want to hear your bet of the week because uh, we got an interesting week of college football coming up. We do. Uh, in case y'all didn't see, the, listen to the college football episode. I don't know how, because especially a few weeks ago I went zero and five. Uh, I went five and zero this weekend. So if you parlayed all my picks, I don't know how much money you would have won. I wasn't confident. I wouldn't do that this weekend. That was a one-time thing this year, so yeah. don't don't count on that. But uh, starting off, one of my uh, two of my backup ones: Tennessee versus South Carolina. South Carolina plus twenty-one and a half. This is a nighttime game at Williams Bryce Stadium. Let me say this: I think Tennessee wins this game, but I think the nighttime game, SEC Nations coming there for South Carolina, probably the best season football-wise for South Carolina in a while. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a game that they could keep a, lo- a little bit closer than the experts think. Absolutely. Uh, the next one for me, 
uh, Arizona plus three and a half versus Washington State. We saw what they did against UCLA last weekend. I expect their offense come out and do well. I think they can get the win at home, a home underdog. Yeah. It's tough for me. And then my number one, which is one that I love that I did last week, UConn plus 10 and a half versus Army. Wow. I really like this. I, I'm a, I'm giving a ton of credit to Jim Moore. Honestly, in my opinion, he should be in Coach of the Year conversations for what that UConn program was a few years ago where they almost got rid of football entirely. Yeah. Now he's got them bowl eligible in I believe this is his first first or second year of coaching there. I want to say it's his first year, but he's got them a six and five, and now they're going on the road versus Army, and they're and they just beat Liberty, who went into Fayetteville, beat the SEC team, yeah. and they're a ten and a half point underdog. I'm just, I think there's a chance I think Army wins, but there's no doubt in my mind UConn's going to cover in this game. That's what I like to hear. My bet of the week, bit of a bold one, but these are two offensive powerhouses Whoa. in this game. I've got USC versus UCLA over 75 and a half. Wow. I think these teams are going to have an absolute shootout. I would uh yes, I would love that. Please give me please give me that amount of points all day. I mean, we're <laughs> talking about two offensive powerhouses. These are two teams that love to throw two the offensive football. Offensive-minded coaches yeah. and Chip Kelly and Lincoln Riley. I mean, it's got a shootout written on it. Yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely textbook. I think the over is a is a big take here. I you're, know seventy-five yeah, and a half. You're is a bold lot. man. I saw that. I wanted to. When I saw seventy-five, I was like, I don't I don't know if I can go for that. But you're a bold man. I respect it. Yeah, I would take this day in day out. This has this has money written all over it. But now let's get to those game picks. Got three this week, and we've got two massive games. But first, let's start with Illinois versus Michigan in the big house. Um, this this does have a lot of impact on the Big Ten championship game. Um, obviously, if Illinois beats Michigan here, they may have done Ohio State's job for them. Exactly. And they may have punched their ticket to play and Ohio State. About it, that might screw up the whole Big Ten. Let's say Ohio, Michigan loses this game, then they go on the road and beat Ohio State. That puts a whole different scenario out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I got Michigan in, in this one. I mean, no no disrespect to Illinois. Brett Bielma's got them going in the right direction. Yeah. But Michigan is just set, I think, for that date with Ohio State. But I will, will no doubt love an Illinois upset. I think it's I think it's fun. And we saw last year, Illinois went on the road against a top 10 opponent in Penn State and got a surprising win. So you never know. Absolutely. Um, well, we're tied up in all time. Uh votes and uh so therefore you know, you're gonna pick illinois yeah and right. you know we only had one different pick in our nfl episode so i gotta make sure we have a different pick and i'd rather die on a hill supporting my line i respect it than win it all because i cover michigan it's minus it's plus 18 they oh they're cover covering no easily because they're winning the exactly you taking money line absolutely i take <laughs> illinois money line they're coming into the big house and it's gonna be champagne too all when right. we're all said and done. I like Illinois in this game, only because I'm an Illinois fan. Otherwise, I probably would pick Michigan. But I'm going to support <laughs> the boys through and through this entire season. All righty. Now we've got some big Pac-12 games to talk about. These really do set up the landscape. It's literally the Pac-12 semifinal here, yeah. honestly. I, I think these really set up the landscape of the Pac-12 championship. We've got USC-UCLA. This is USC's um, Pac-12 finale. Um, and it really could have massive effects on if they go to the championship or not um so they've got to win this game i think but ucla to stay in the playoff picture or to stay in the call uh the championship picture for the pac-12 
they've got to be they've got to win this game as well. So two teams. I think this is going to be a shootout. But who do you have winning it? Oh man, this is this is the this is the tough one for me. Like you said, I think it's got a shootout written all over it. But I think Lincoln Riley and company see the opportunity they have to sneak into potentially get into the playoff conversation. I think they sneak out of of uh use of the Rose Bowl with a win. I think it's a I'll I give a score prediction. I'll go I'll go 43-40 USC over UCLA. Wow. <laughs> That's a massive score. I like it. Exactly. Hey, and it hits the over. It does hit the <laughs> over. I was hoping it was going to hit the over. No, I was um, going to make it actually have 74 points just, just for that. I thought you were about to. I thought you were about to do the math in your head. Um, <laughs> then we've got me picking. I was about to say, I thought you were about no, to skip yourself. I'm not skipping. <laughs> Never. Because I'm going UCLA I here. respect it. USC in their one game against a decent exactly. opponent this year, a decent opponent who had lost some games they should have won, much like a said UCLA team here, got absolutely beat down and shut down at the end of the game. Utah's defense came to play. I think UCLA comes to play, and they stun USC and make some noise. I do I do, agree, I do, agree with your points on that. I don't know. I just feel like now, even though we both have said USC does not belong at number seven at all, I think you see them now kind of climb up into it, even though we think with their resume, they should not have a shot. Yeah. Um, and now, the final matchup. A matchup that's been the Pac-12 championship a couple years in a row. Utah and Oregon. Um, and this year, especially with this game being played here, this matchup will most likely not be the Pac-12 championship. So who you got? I mean, it's a tough one because last year it's a different story because it was in Utah, in Salt Lake, and Utah destroyed Oregon, then destroyed them in the Pac-12 championship. This year it's in Eugene, so it's a really it's a really tricky game here. And obviously, Oregon coming off a loss to Washington, pretty much eliminating their playoff hopes. You wonder, can they bounce back? Can they manage to get that big win? And honestly, I think it's close. I think it's a fun matchup. But I'm going to give a slight edge to the team that is playing better football as of late, and that's the Utah Utes. I think they sneak out of Eugene with a win. But on, I, this is going to be a fabulous game. It kicks off at 930. I'm going to try to get enough energy to stay up and watch the conclusion of this game. Yeah, I will absolutely be watching this game. Um, but I'm going to go a different route. Oh, wow. wow. We picked different all three. This is going to be fun. Um, I like Utah. I had them in the college football playoff. I did, too. Season. did too. I had them win in the Pac-12. But right here, I think Oregon's going to be upset. I think Bo Nix is going to be upset with the Bo way that Nick's game going ended. Um, because he's had a good season. And if anybody should be out there on that fourth down, it should be him. And he, it wasn't. And then, to think on that Hail Mary, he didn't have his best throw. Didn't even make it to the end zone. I think it may have made it to the 20-yard line. You wonder if the injury that got him out of the game might have had a slight impact there, but still. I think this team comes back with the fury and tries to keep those playoff hopes, those slim, slim playoff hopes alive. And they come out and they get a win at home. They're going to have the crowd behind them. I like Oregon here. Good pick. Good. I respect the pick. I respect us picking different on all these. It's going to make watching the college football games on Saturday even more entertaining. And also, Arkansas is upsetting Ole Miss. Well, yeah, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, obviously. But with that all being said, that's going to do it here at the Bull Take Podcast. I'm Austin Hill. That's Austin Waiter. And we want to thank you for listening.